0: This is A Fresh Agenda, conversations to connect your productivity and creativity and generate your deepest work. Here is your host, Christina Mendonza. This is A Fresh Agenda, where we chat with innovators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. I'm Christina Mendonza. Welcome to this tiny spot in the podcast universe. I'm glad to have you here for a while. Today, I'm chatting with Ada Calhoun. Ada is an award-winning author of several books, St. Mark's is Dead, Wedding Toasts I'll Never Give, and her latest is called Why We Can't Sleep. The book is about the women of Generation X as they enter mid-age. She spoke with women of all across the country about their experiences as the generation raised to have it all, but it was the title of the book that immediately caught my eye, Why We Can't Sleep. Are you having trouble sleeping since the pandemic started? Most of us are. I know I am. A recent study suggests that the average person has missed more than 22 hours of sleep a week since the coronavirus pandemic began. We know a lack of sleep can lead to depression and anxiety. It can cause weight gain. It can lead to headaches and gastrointestinal symptoms, memory loss, loss of focus, a bunch of stuff we don't want in our lives. Since I started hosting the KFBK Morning News a couple of years ago, I've been studying ways to get better sleep. Since I have to be up in the middle of the night to get to work, I gotta go to bed really early, which is not always easy, especially in the summertime. My best tips, the ones that work for me, here they are. Getting lots of bright daylight exposure early in the day. As the day moves on, I use blue light blocking glasses. I start about three hours before bed. I try to eat three hours before bed too, which makes for early dinner, but you know, it's fine. Uh, Lady Boss makes an attractive pair of these blue light blocking glasses, or you can find a lot of cheaper ones on Amazon and other sites. They're more industrial looking, but they work just as well. I use an app called Sleep Cycle that along with my iWatch tracks my heart rate and my hours actually sleeping. It also records any snoring if I do that during the night. It helps me really focus on staying consistent with going to bed and waking up at the same time. And I try to keep those hours, not exactly on the weekend. I do sleep in, but I try to keep them as close as possible. Now, on nights that I feel it's going to be more difficult to get to sleep, I use melatonin or a CBD liquid under the tongue. And finally, sleep hypnosis or meditation apps. Breathe is an app I really like. You can also find, you know, free. Stuff on YouTube as well to listen to. And if you can fit one in, a 30 minute nap during the day is not going to hurt your nighttime sleep. If you have any tips for sleep that you want to share, I'll take more. Just put them in the comments below, or you can reach out directly on any of my platforms. At C. Mendonca is where I am on Instagram, or Christina at Mendoncemedia.com. I got a text, a message from a woman recently um, that I used to know really well. Our kids were small together and we do toddler play dates and such. It was a screenshot of me on camera from a training documentary that I worked on a couple of years ago. Now, she was taking the training and she was so surprised to see me pop up that she texted me. Uh, I asked her what she thought of the course and she said she loved it. It was sexual harassment training. She said it was so interesting and engaging, which was great to hear because so much of that required training training for your job is just boring, right? Just bad graphics, bad music, and boring. But not with mycecourse.com. It is a multimedia education option for workplace compliance and professional growth. The courses dive deep into specialized subjects while meeting all curriculum and legal requirements. The training this woman was taking was our mandated sexual harassment course. Our custom LMS platform allows certification with the nation's most respected HR, legal, and insurance agencies. With a team of attorneys, insurance professionals, and award-winning broadcast personalities, we make education both informative and interesting with relatable, reliable, and targeted storytelling. It's education that's compliant and damned entertaining. MyCEcourse.com. Okay. On to my guest, Ada Calhoun. Now, this book of hers, Why We Can't Sleep, specifically addresses Generation X women who are now in midlife or entering midlife. I listened to this one on audio, but I'm buying it in hard copy too because I want to give it to a friend. It hooked me right away. Gen X is the demographic cohort born between 1965 and and 1980. Our movies are The Breakfast Club, Say Anything, St. Elmo's Fire, Anything by John Hughes, anything starring the young Kevin Bacon, John Cusack or Demi Moore. With so many touchstones, Ada set up our youth and then kind of slides us into the conversation on mid-age by featuring interviews with Gen X women around the country if you are Gen X, you will love this interview. If you love Gen Xers, well, you'll understand that you're Gen X women in your life better after this interview. Let me take you back to something that set the tone for so many women of our age. Do you remember this? I can bring home the bacon, fry oh, it up in a pan, oh, and you. never, never, never let you forget you're a man, cause I'm a woman. Jolie, the eight-hour perfume for your 24-hour woman. If you're Gen X, that probably brought back some memories. I don't know anyone my age who doesn't remember that commercial and can even recite it today. It kind of encapsulates the expectations that so many of us put on ourselves. Our boomer moms removed so many hurdles with second-wave feminism. They busted open so many doors for us. But when we got past those hurdles and through those open doors... There wasn't much structure or many mentors or even an understanding of what we could and should demand. We had to build all of that ourselves. It was up to us to build the infrastructure of success, to find a way to be that 24-hour woman and make it look easy. Ada mentions this commercial specifically in her book. We talk about it in the interview. So enjoy my conversation with Ada Calhoun, author of Why We Can't Sleep. Brilliant title. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> was that really just the kind of the, uh, the, the commonality that
1: in everyone that you interviewed? It was a definite theme that I heard repeated over and over again. Um, and what I wanted to do is just give, um, give a list basically of reasons why if you're having trouble sleeping, if you're struggling in any way like that, um, here's, here's maybe why.
0: Got it, and and I love the beginning of the book in which you talk about the music and the movies and all those kind of touchstones of of Generation X, and and, and that really hooked me into the book. I think with the pandemic, people are feeling very retro right now, um, and and watching some of those old movies and reliving those old times. But you quickly got into some of the challenges um, that women, in particular, of our generation, face. What were some of the big surprises?
1: So one of the things I was surprised I was. Almost every part of the country that I talked to women, um, I heard some of the same things, some of the same phrases. One of them was, I'm so lucky, I have no right to complain. I noticed that a lot of women had internalized this idea that if they were struggling, it was their own fault. They weren't mindful enough. They weren't meditating enough. Um, They hadn't worked hard enough. And what I tried to do in the book was show that actually there were some forces at work beyond their own control.
0: Uh, One of the phrases um, from your book that just, I mean, hit me between the eyes, I could have written it myself, was um, when I was growing up, my mother always told me to make my own money. It was not bad Mm -hmm. advice. She didn't want me to be dependent on a man. For her, money was freedom and power, and she wanted me to have as much of both as possible. I actually made a copy of that quote and I sent it to my mother (laughs) because so many of us with these boomer moms were told this. It was pounded into us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that in in a lot of ways, of course, it was great advice because it made us more independent and more ambitious. Um, But then what I heard over and over in these interviews I was doing was that it also led to just so much anxiety There was a sense that if you didn't have money, it wasn't just that you were broke for a while, it was that you were doomed, you were letting everyone down, you were going to end up on the street. There was just this um, real fear and um, stress that I heard in the voices of women that that I think was an unintended consequence of that kind of indoctrination.
0: As you did your interviews, what were some of your conclusions as to how women of our generation are dealing with midlife? How is it different than how our grandmothers and mothers dealt with it?
1: I think we just haven't talked enough about as a country is that we're trying to do something new. So our mothers and grandmothers, if they worked, it was usually nine to five, and if they were raising kids, they usually had them in their twenties, and they often stayed home with them. Um, and then women today usually are working full time while they're taking care of young children um, because they often waited until they even you know, to have kids into their thirties and even forties, um, and at the same time taking care of aging parents who are living longer um, than ever before. Um, And they're trying to do it all while they're working not only 9 to 5, but usually late into the night and early in the morning. Um, It's just so much stress, so much pressure, and women are overwhelmed. Right. And how
0: much help are we getting from our partners? Do you find that in comparison to, say, boomer dads, how are Gen X dads doing?
1: So all the research suggests that men today do a lot more. Um, when it comes to taking care of young children, um, but they do nowhere near half. So a lot of women told me that they feel frustrated that not only are they doing a lot more than their share at home, um, the women, um, and making at least half the money, but also they have to kind of congratulate their partners for being better than their dads were. Um, So, you know, it's like, like, oh, look, you're taking the kid to the park on Saturday so I can sleep in, Um, and to have to sort of build up their ego and say, you know, what a great thing. Meanwhile, she's still doing all of the other stuff, doing the cooking, the cleaning, um and but but being told she's so grateful that she has has it better than her mother did
0: and you described i loved how you talked about how media shaped some of those opinions when you talked about the commercial i can fry it up in a pan and never let you forget you're a man i mean it, we that that jingle is
1: ingrained
0: in so yeah. many of our brains
1: it's so funny how many women that i interviewed were able to just rattle off or sing to me that particular song. There was something really um, toxic about that when it was an Anjali perfume ad, It was, you can bring home the bacon. Uh, I can bring home the bacon fried up in the pan and never let you forget you're a man. And something about that a phrase really got into women's brains, I think, where we were told, like, we can be not only, um, you know, hot in the bedroom, but also powerful in the boardroom. And cooking and doing all this stuff. And, you know, the, the slogan for the perfume is the 24-hour woman. And I think that really is what women thought they should be and have tried to be. And as a result, a lot of us are very tired.
0: Right. I, I have the, the pleasure of having two Gen Z daughters. Who, um, one is in her twenties now and the other one is just 19 years old. But they talk a lot about third wave feminism. And, and we have some really interesting conversations. And, and, and some of the things they say, I'm, you know, all gung ho for. And others, I, you know, I'm like, I'm not so sure about. How are we relating to some of our, our daughters that are in that Gen Z uh, generation?
1: Um, well, I have I have two boys, so um, but I that they have a lot of friends who are girls, and uh, and one thing that I'm struck by is that this is such a diverse generation and such a well educated generation, um, and they really I think take for granted that they have so much freedom and so much opportunity, um, but they also seem a little more realistic to me than we were. I think we were this. Um, kind of beta testing uh, experiment in a lot of ways in how all this is going to happen. And what I hear, at least from a lot of the, the girls I know, is this more realistic sense of like, well, you know, I, I just, I know I, I would love to do these 20 things. I'm just going to pick a couple. Um, and I'm, I champion that <laughs> a sort of more realistic approach.
0: Right. And I love the fact that they, in some cases, are ignorant as to what we used to not be able to do because they don't they don't see those barriers anymore that maybe we saw yeah well,
1: and also I think there's this Me Too reckoning has been so interesting to watch from all these different angles because I think a, a lot of my Gen X friends and a lot of the women I interviewed, they just assumed that, that this was part of the world, that the, this, this attitude from male employers um, and this this sort of undercurrent of sexism in interactions was kind of just the way it was. Um, and I, w- what I hear from younger women is just, you know what, this is insane. We're not going to put up with this. Um, and, and I think that, that there's been this real... Uh, awakening among a lot of women that I know, it's like, wait a minute, maybe they're right. These young people are sort of leading the way.
0: Yeah, I heard a great story about um, a, a young woman who had just had Gen Z she'd had a baby and she was petitioning her employer to put a, a breastfeeding room um, in the office place. And the Gen X women at the office place were like, wow, wh- well, wh- we didn't really even think of that option. We just breastfed in the bathroom. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I rest in the bathroom, too. And I I think that we there were a lot of there are a lot of stories like that that we have from our generation that now looking back on it, they seem a little seem a little bonkers. Um, But, but, you know, we live in our. Was it fun writing this book? I mean,
0: obviously, it took a lot of work, a lot of research, a lot of interviews. But it, it seems like it would be fun to kind of really dig into your particular generation and try to find some things out and figure it out for yourself as well as for all of your readers.
1: Yeah, I found it so liberating and empowering and validating during this research because I really thought it was just me. I thought I was the only one who was having a hard time with all this. I really blamed myself. Um, And then once I started looking at what we were up against as a generation, I thought, you know what? We're doing better. I'm doing better. We're all doing better than we had any real reason to expect, given all these forces at work. Right. Um, I've always
0: felt as a generation X, um, member that I was kind of a bridge between the boomers and the Gen Z and the millennials that I could kind of take the best of both worlds because I Mm -hmm. was, you know, because we were around before the internet and then kind of grew Mm -hmm. into that. And, uh, did you find that a lot of women feel that way that they are able to take perhaps the best of the both generations on either side?
1: Yes, I mean I think a lot of women feel that Gen X is a little invisible. Um, we've been called the Jan Brady of generations because the millennials and the boomers are so much bigger and command so much more attention than we do. But more recently, I've seen seen us recognizing the strength. So during the pandemic, for example, I've had a lot of women tell me that they, you know, they can use Zoom unlike their. Parents and they can entertain themselves without video games, unlike their children. That there's this sense that they have these, this sort of superpower of of having the best of both worlds.
0: We've also some people have called us the Karen generation, which you know I kind of take umbrage to. I don't like that at all. I don't like to think I'm I'm that person yeah. pointing out, uh, you know, uh, to, to follow the rules and that sort of thing. I mean,
1: are we rule followers? What's well, funny about the whole Karen thing is I actually just read a piece in The Atlantic that was about the, the sort of sexist undertones of, of that whole um, form of conversation. Um, you know, I, I think we've really flown under the radar because people haven't paid attention to us as a generation. Um, I think, you know, as latchkey kids, we had to fend for ourselves, we had to take care of ourselves. And what I see is a lot of resilience uh, and a lot of creativity. I want
0: to talk a little bit more about the positive attributes of our generation. I mentioned the fact that uh, and we've talked about the fact that we can be bridges and that we are able to take the best of uh-huh. both generations on either side. Um, you know, Generation X seems to be a lot more uh, direct, better at taking feedback and giving feedback. Did you find that?
1: Yes, and, and one thing that this one employer told me is that she tries to hire Gen X women for the toughest job she has because they have no entitlement, they work super hard all the time, um, and, and they figure it out for themselves. There's, you know, we we kind of had to as kids, and now it's a real um, asset, I think, as employees and as partners
0: so leadership um roles obviously um it sounds like that employer would like gen xers for um what about our uh, our sense of collaboration how did you find the women that you talked to were able to collaborate
1: well, um, the one thing that, that I noticed in my own life and in a lot of these women's lives was that it, when they were able to get together uh, with groups of other women, that amazing things tended to happen. That there was a sense of, like, we we often are used to working on our own and in our own little bubbles, and that if we're able to actually get around other people going through some of the same things we are and to talk honestly and to, you know, kind of brainstorm together, that it's amazing how many good things can
0: come out of that. Right. And in terms of the physical um, things that our generation is going through right now, I mean, obviously not being able to sleep, one of them, menopause, um, you know, a lot of women either arriving in it now or um, having just been through it, and and some even with small children because we're having children later, what were some of the, the physical changes that women are either having a hard time dealing with or having to find uh, workarounds to deal with?
1: Yeah, the, the chapter on perimenopause is very long because I was very angry once I started learning more about it. I, you know, I've gone to my annual exams every year. No one ever said the word to me. And I, just, I noticed that among a lot of women I talked to, too, where there was maybe an, a taboo around discussing it, frankly. But, you know, women in the 10 or so years leading up to menopause, so in their, through their 40s, often when they have a ton of responsibility and hard work, are dealing with these very intense symptoms, which can include, yeah, sleeplessness, weight gain, um, mood swings, uh, weird periods that kind of come and go and, in surprising ways. Um, and all of this, I think women tend to deal with more quietly and to, and to just think, oh, I don't really know what that's about. Um, and, you know, but actually, this is a real situation for 80% of women who find the symptoms are debilitating. So I think we need to talk about it a lot more. We need a lot more education and research about it, too. I agree, because I think by the time millennials
0: and uh, and Gen Zers get to menopause, they're going to have better treatments for them. For us, we're just kind of left to to figure it out and and work through it. And maybe our generation will have to do the work to, to make it easier for the next generations.
1: Yeah, I think so. And again, you know, that is one way we might be defeated by our more do-it-yourself kind of attitude as a generation, whereas I think millennials and Gen Z, I see them really like fighting for their health care in a way that maybe we weren't assertive enough to do.
0: Right, right. And, you know, I saw a recent article uh, which interviewed you talking about the pandemic in particular. And, you know, I don't know the timeline for your interviews with these women, but I suspect it was before the pandemic. How, how is our generation dealing with kind of the sandwich situation we're in during this pandemic?
1: I've heard a lot of dark humor uh, because, you know, this is things things seemed really bad before the pandemic. And they were. A lot of women were really exhausted. They felt stretched too thin. um, And in a way, the pandemic has only amplified every single crisis that was that was ongoing. So when it comes to caregiving, now our parents, who we were worried about, are right in the crosshairs of the disease. Um, Our kids, who we were worried about, are now home and we have to homeschool them. Financially, you know if we had anxiety now of course that is much much worse job stability similarly is is more of a problem so so it's it's almost like this is this other shoe that just dropped uh, and, and what I heard from a lot of women is just just like it's almost like we were training for this
0: you know uh, this book has been out for a while now and I, I think you've become such a um, an authority on this issue having done all the research on it uh, what did you take from your own research that helped you in your own life?
1: Well, I mean, I went into this book like, really struggling uh, and really having a midlife crisis, and it, it fixed it in a lot of ways because, um, you know, I I thought it was just me, and I, and I felt really alone, and in doing this, I felt so much more uh, camaraderie with other women, uh, and, and I also just felt like this is a real difficult time for our generation. It was already hard. It's gotten harder, obviously, with the pandemic, but this is something we're struggling with together, um, and I think the solutions are going to come together, and it's not just going to be each of us, you know, on our, on our yoga mats or doing the right diet. Uh, it's, it's a much, much bigger and broader problem.
0: Well, the book did feel, I mean, much of the book felt like I was, because I I ordered the audio version, so I listened to it. um, And I felt like I was having a glass of wine with you.
1: (laughs) Oh, lovely. And we were just chatting. I think I probably was drinking wine while I was dreaming.
0: What was the most hopeful thing that you took uh, away from this, this project?
1: I, I think that we as a generation again and again have been dealt these, these terrible cards and we've managed to play them into, um, into real successes, uh, in our lives. And then I think we're just, we're profoundly resilient. And these women I interviewed, they're funny and, and really able to find humor and meaning in even the worst situations. So I have faith that, that that will be the case once again. I love that. Um, Something I ask all of my guests, I'd love to ask
0: you, uh, what do you do to replenish your own creativity? You're a busy mom. You're a busy professional. Um, What do you do? What habit do you have that when you need to kind of unplug and regenerate your creative energy?
1: Um, well, I read a whole lot, and I also just try to realize that, like, work is happening even when you're not working. So, like, I'll just go and pick up sticks in the yard for hours and reassure myself that, that my brain's still working then. So, it's not, like, a waste of time. Um, I, I, I try to make sure that I never feel like like time is wasted or put, to put pressure on myself to so just be at the computer 24 hours a day. Nice. Nice. A couple couple
0: more quick questions. What's your
1: favorite Gen X movie? oh gosh um i just i just watched the breakfast club with my gen z son um and i think it blew his mind so that really holds up that one
0: love it and favorite gen x band or, or song
1: the replacements and i think the song unsatisfied is kind of our generational anthem love it ada calhoun thank you so much for your time i appreciate
0: it how can people connect with you other than buying your book of course Mm -hmm. Um, uh, my website's com. wonderful thank you again for your time Uh, this has been a fun
1: conversation yeah you're terrific it was really fun for me too thank you Ada Calhoun,
0: and Why We Can't Sleep. You can find it anywhere books are sold. A few more things about Gen X, not just the women, but the men too. This is from a a recent study within the last month by AARP. Yes, most of us have now received that membership card in the mail. They send you on your 50th birthday. Here are some additional attributes of our generation. Generation X is direct. They don't require buttering up. You can be straight, blunt, and direct with Generation X. Gen X professionals embrace feedback. They don't let negative feedback impact them as much because most of us were raised at a time before even the losing team got a trophy. So we tend to look for ways to improve, not ways to be praised. Gen X has a hybrid relationship with technology. However, we love our smartphones more than any other generation. My daughters call me on this all the time because I think I'm more addicted to my phone than they are. This is focused primarily on Gen X today, but... I love seeing what Gen Z is doing now. I agree with Calhoun that this latest generation of young people is smarter, savvier, and amazing creative problem solvers. I have such high hopes for Gen Z, and I look forward to watching them build their skill set, mature, and eventually lead. Reach out to me through any of my platforms. Is there an innovator, entrepreneur, or thought leader you'd like to hear in this space? I love interviewing and talking to uh, interesting people. I appreciate all the comments, all of the downloads and listens. Thank you so much to my sponsor, mycecourse.com. Reach out to your HR director and demand it for all of your mandatory training needs. I've got more fun interviews on the way. Thanks for spending this time with me. This has been A Fresh Agenda. I'm Christina Mendonca. Let's stay connected. Conversations to connect your productivity and creativity. This is A Fresh Agenda.